0: The soundtrack to your student life. Ram Air. Ram Air. You're listening to Ram Air, Bradford Student Radio.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to Ram Air Studio this afternoon. My name is Cynthia. And of course, we had an idea to talk to our politicians um, so that we can know how um, a student can get involved in local politics. And today I'm joined by Councillor Alex Rochelle. How are you doing this afternoon?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: You are a very interesting person that I hope you know. <laughs> He's involved in regeneration planning and transport portfolio. And um, Alex is the, um, I mean, looks after the wind ill and, of course, roads. And he is. A member of the Labour Party. Indeed. So today we're just talking um, usual politics. Um, we want to get to know you more and, of course, get to know what politics actually entails. Because what we found out is that loads of students don't even know anything about it. Uh, we, they just come to school, do their normal school activities and just go back home. And, I mean, it would be nice for us to yeah, first, and especially from a very young person. Not very young, but I mean young person. You know. <laughs> Young enough. I mean so we can experience because you I mean, if I see you I definitely know that if you can do it, I can do it. I can also (laughs) (laughs) inspire. So tell us, how does local politics work in the UK?
0: Um, well, there's a lot of crossover with national politics, I guess, but basically people will refer to Westminster politics as where your members of parliament go. That's your national sure. uh, politics. That's where Prime Minister, it's it's major foreign policy, it's large economic policy like income tax, uh, things like that. And then uh, the country's split up into local councils. Obviously, mm. we've got one in Bradford that covers the whole district, so it covers our towns like Keighley and Ilkley and Shipley yeah. and Bingley as well. Um, And that covers a lot of the stuff on your doorstep. So it's like waste collection, uh, highways, potholes, um, street lighting, but also things like care services. There is an economic development function, so about regeneration of your local high streets, what you do there, Mm -hmm. Um, and and sport and leisure as well. Um, One of the things I cover is countryside and rights of way, so things like Ilkley Moor come under the council's responsibility Ooh. as well and we look after them all under the district uh, that isn't owned by Yorkshire Water, so sure. it tends to be one of the two of us that owns it. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of crossover. I think a lot of MPs and councils pick up casework from residents that's just like, I've got a problem, you know, can you help me with it? And some of it might yeah. be their experience with public services like the welfare system or the yeah. health service. Some of it will be... Um, You know, the people keep parking on the pavement on our street and it's causing us problems. street lights being out uh, and we try and help people however we can as well. Wow.
1: How long have you been involved in politics?
0: Um, I probably got involved in the late noughties. I think it was um, during the financial crisis is when I joined the Labour Party. I felt we were doing the right things and not getting the credit for it. I thought, I'm going to join the party (laughs) and and help. Um, And then uh, someone said... Our parliamentary candidate at the time, who is now the leader of Bradford Council, Susan Hinchcliffe, uh, says, have you ever thought about standing? Maybe you should stand in Shipley Ward, Aww. which we didn't think we'd have a chance to win, and we didn't. So it was just a no-pressure situation of dipping a toe in and seeing just how you, you feel. And I really enjoyed it, actually, and it, it felt good. Sometimes you'd make a difference and you'd help someone and you'd get a buzz off it, and it was like, this is really good. Um, and then Wendell and Rose came up in 2012, so that's when I first got elected. Um, so just past 10 how years. Um, oh, twenty nine, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, so still, still not yet in my thirties. So,
1: oh, yeah, still.
0: Yeah. yeah be well, in yeah. in politics, you're considered young for quite a long time. It's one of the good things about it, really. You know, <laughs> in national politics, I don't think you're considered like middle aged till your fifties and. You know, you get called a young man if you're in your 40s, so I thought, oh, <laughs> oh, politics is a good place to go if you're bothered about growing up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then I got on the executive in 2016, so that's since I've covered the whole district with that regeneration portfolio.
1: Amazing, amazing. Um, so apart from Labour Party, what other parties do we have?
0: Uh, well, your big two parties in Britain are Labour and the Conservatives, okay. uh, and that's a broadly left-right split. Mm. Um, and the system we have called first past the post, where everyone just votes, whoever gets the most votes wins, yeah. and they go become the MP. And that, and if you get enough MPs to com- mm. what you call command a majority in the House of Commons, then yes. you form a government. Um, that encourages those two parties always be the biggest parties but we have Mm -hmm. other parties like the Liberal Democrats Mm. um, who uh, as the name suggests tend to have more of of a liberal focus so some of them will be a bit more conservative but on the liberal side of it or a bit more Labour on the liberal Liberal side of it and then you've got the Green Party as well who've started to do quite well in the last few years and they would tend to be I mean obviously they'll define themselves so hopefully I'll be doing them justice but they would tend to be on the left but with very much a a very strong um, environmental focus which I would say the Labour Party has as well but it doesn't define us in the same way as it defines the Green Party but those are the the main parties, you get all sorts of offshoots. We've had UKIP over the last few years. Mm. They've gone now. Uh, Reclaim are coming, but they don't, yes. haven't done very well so far. So, uh, But those are the main, what yeah. I'd call the mainstream parties in British politics.
1: Let's go back to your early years. How did you, how, what what inspired you to join politics?
0: Um, I think growing up, I'd been probably what you'd now call like more interested in single issues. So that's where someone doesn't have a a wide political viewpoint and apply Mm. it to every individual thing. It's just that you're particularly motivated by one cause. So I was interested in homelessness, so I'd follow campaigns that Shelter did, for instance, Um, interested in the environment, so I followed WWF and their work as an environmental charity. Um, And then slowly but surely what you start noticing is that when they'd run campaigns, they'd say write a letter to your MP mm-hmm. and see what we say. So we're always coming back to, well, what are the what's the government going to do? What's the MPs going to do? So then you start getting more interested in what you might call party politics and where you find yourself agreeing with a party or not or how you align. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly but surely you kind of start following it on that basis then. And like I say, when it was the financial crisis, when I joined the Labour Party after supporting them for a, a fair while before that.
1: Let's talk about regeneration and transport portfolio. The one you, um, what has been the successes that you've had?
0: Um, Well, we, I mean Bradford's going through a huge change at the moment, and there's a a bit of a thing of if you see cranes in the sky, you know a place is successful because it means people are investing, people are building, and um, we've, you know, got more of those going on now Now. than we've had in a a long time, and I think. True. I think maybe we were used to like Bradford would have one major project every 10 years and we'd pin all our hopes on it and and what you actually need to do is build up what you'd call a pipeline. So it's just a constant flow of projects. So um just passing up coming up to me Bradford live uh, obviously the former Odeon building. Um that's kind of been under my portfolio and when the NEC came on board Bradford oh, live as a okay. a kind of uh, charitable type organisation um we won a competition so we could look at what do you do with that building, uh, try and secure an end user, an operator. Mm-hmm. The NEC group expressed an interest, came on board, and that really meant that it could happen. So uh, we're about a year or so away from that opening as a three to 4,000 capacity music and entertainment venue. It has a ballroom in there. It'll have a number of bars. It can operate seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, should bring two hundred fifty three hundred thousand 300,000 people to the district every year. So it'll be a major... But also um, a key element of the City of Culture, of course, which, um, although that sits under our culture brief, we believe in what we call culture-led regeneration, Mm. i.e. the value of art and culture in stimulating economic growth as well and creating jobs and and supporting jobs as well. So um, having Bradford Live there is a major venue will be a huge element of the city of culture as well. So we've got that, we've got uh, Dallas Street Market's being built now with a new public square, so we're really excited about that. Uh, one city park just opposite Bradford Live's being built so the glass panelling's going on that now so people are realising it's not a multi-storey car park it's (laughs) going to be an office. I thought
1: it was a car park.
0: (laughs) I I was in a taxi and a guy just went oh they're building a car park I don't always tell him who I am so he's like uh, you know they're building a car park there I was like is that what people are thinking but uh, we're we're hoping to announce some end users soon on that and um when we do, that'll be hundreds of jobs in the city centre. Yes. So it all starts to support each other because if you have more good jobs in a city centre, that provides customers for places like Bradford Life or Dale Street Market. Yes. And if you have all that, then people want to live in the city centre as well, which means there's more demand. So the developments that come in are better quality because you've got to have good quality because people are working in the city centre with good jobs. So that's the big focus on the regeneration point of view at the moment.
1: Very nice. I've got to say that lots of... um, I'm excited that, I mean, there are so many projects going on right now. I mean, like you said, the pipeline is there, so it's not like we're waiting for one project to be over before we start another. But I still would say that I know that lots of students um, with, with, like, all the questions we've asked from all the students, like, we realise that students tend to leave Bradford immediately after the uni. And that's, like big for us and they'd say things like, oh um, as a student you've not gotten a job I should be able to get like free transportation around Um, there's there's really no even job in Bradford and all, like what do you have to say about
0: that? It's really interesting and it's one of those things where when you think about the university and what it does and it's a bit it happens can happen in businesses as well where you skill someone up but then they might move on to use those skills in another job and that might mean they move on and that's not always a bad thing because if they've been here and hopefully they've loved Bradford or had fond fond memories here, they almost become ambassadors. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we, you know, as a council, you speak to people in government, you speak to businesses and all sorts of people come for oh, well, I used to go to university and I always loved it in Bradford and suddenly you've got a connection there. So that's not always a bad thing, but you definitely want to feel like people can fulfil their aspirations here in Bradford as well. So if they're Mm -hmm. kind of going, well, I've, I've now got a good degree, I'm ready to go to a good job... I can't find it in Bradford. Mm. That's a challenge for us as well. So yes. that's why mentioning something like One City Park, for instance, if we can get some high-quality businesses in there, that can create those jobs. Then, um, and you know, we've had meetings with organisations like PwC, oh, who are based amazing. in Bradford, um, and they found when they opened their branch here that they had so many applications. that says it was the highest quality of applications they'd had from any branch opening in the UK because there was this latent demand from young people in Bradford for good jobs. And what they find is once they've skilled them up for a few years, they're maybe moving on and going further afield, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're happy with that because they see themselves as providing jobs and opportunities because they understand that that helps them grow as a business as well. So more we can do that, the more you create those opportunities for young people. So it's a challenge, but it's one, I think we've got some kind of good things in the in the pipeline, as it were, on there. But yeah. uh, it's, it's very interesting feedback.
1: So how can a counsellor um, help people in the community?
0: Um, well, there's lots of different ways, really, and there's no one set way of how you make a difference. And I think sometimes when you're a counsellor, you can look for, what, well, what is the answer? You know, what is the mm-hmm. right way to do it? And there's no handbook, there's no guide. Some people mm-hmm. come on as counsellors, who are what I'd call like community champions almost. It's the person who's worked in the local community centre for 10 years, who's known by everyone, who wants to do something extra, and they become a councillor. Some people come in who are a bit more political. It's about the the cut and thrust of a debate of ideas with opposition parties, uh, and they have a different skill set. So everyone can contribute in their own way, and... Uh, The day-to-day things, like I mentioned with residents, you know, it's getting out, it's delivering newsletters to let people know what your ideas are, make yourself available, get yourself out to coffee mornings, uh, community centres, local events, people get to know you, and they come to you with problems. Some of them are are under the responsibility of the council, but you're just trying to help and be a a community champion. Other things, it's running projects and, and doing things yourself, so... Um, my colleague in Windle & Rose, for instance, started up a scarecrow festival. Uh, we did a Christmas market, and these were things we were running ourselves. But overall, on a day-to-day basis, it might just be more about casework um, and, and helping people on a, on a day-to-day basis.
1: And w- what, what are like the factors that can limit this type of help? Um, of
0: course,
1: it'll be funding.
0: Yeah, funding's always the biggest one um yeah. austerity you know whatever your yeah. position on how necessary it was did it go far enough it's had a huge impact on council's abilities to to do things for themselves sure. uh, which is a challenge um and therefore, sometimes what you're trying to do is navigate through that, find opportunities. How can you find little pots of funding to do things? Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes, you know, in, in social housing, for instance, uh, in communities of a big social housing provider in Bradford, and in, social housing was hit by austerity as well because government put in like, things like rent yeah. caps. So then all the maintenance budgets sort of cut back. So trying to help people when their fence you know, has fallen over and keeps getting kicked in or whatever or uh, they need to upgrade the bathroom uh, is very different to when I was growing up. Um, <laughs> to be a little bit part of political under a Labour government where we had a decent home standard, so I grew up in a council house. Uh, and when we you know we needed double glazing in the house or a new boiler, there was funding there to do that, to do... and it's harder nowadays I know. Um, so funding's a big challenge um and getting just building those contacts and, and finding those opportunities
1: um let's come back to the university um how can How can you, as a councillor, how can you connect with students? Because I feel like a lot of students are delusioned by politics how can How do you think you can connect with students?
0: It's a really good point. Um, And one of the reasons I was keen to do this, actually, was to kind of do a bit of that, actually. You know, it's very easy. I mean, to be fair, you know, when I were a student, um, Wednesday afternoons you had off from lectures... So, I used to come home and, and I'd watch Prime Minister's questions. You <laughs> <So> it's like, <laughs> you know, as, as, like, even then, that one, even before I got really political, but it's so easy, you know, you're just living your own life, aren't you? Um, and, and, and therefore, they can just be kind of like ships in a night that don't always pass, sure. uh, they don't always meet, rather. Um, so, I probably wouldn't presume to know, in a sense, mm. oh, well, this is how you engage with students. Um, I think sometimes you can feel you're there and accessible. But if people don't know that, then then they don't necessarily know to do that. I mean, one of the things that like, you get a fair bit of every now and then is is students f- from universities across the country, actually, but usually you'll get in touch, or oh, I'm doing a master's, or I'm doing a study on this, and I need to speak to someone about regeneration. Would you be willing to speak to me for half an hour? So I do a fair bit of that uh, just to kind of, you know, it's useful to, to test yourself on, on how you think about things. Sure. But um, I think there's definitely more... We can do because the more engaged we are with the university and the more engaged the students are with where they are because they feel engaged and they exactly. feel like there's an offer there for them exactly. you know firstly like you say they will more likely to stay here contribute when they've got their degree and, and and that's good for them but it's good for the, the, city, the city as well also. the more mm-hmm. engaged we are because it's such a huge resource mm. so met and Bradford's such a young uh, city and districts, one of the youngest in the UK, okay. yes. um, we've really got to take advantage of that. And it was a big reason why we got City of Culture as well. Yeah, so excited about that. Oh, yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So how can a student join poli- a political party?
0: Um, well, the, I mean, the simplest thing is that you can sign up to join any political party. And oh, you can usually... sign up? Well, they usually have very cheap deals. When I joined, for instance, with Labour, um, and remember what I was saying about how you're considered young, very yeah. very old. You were you were in young Labour until you were twenty seven, which was fantastic. <laughs> um and you could join for a pound. So that's that's when I joined. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what it's like now. <laughs> okay. But it's a bit—it's a little bit like any membership organisation. Sometimes it's £2 a month. Sometimes they might just say £10 for the year or whatever. Mm. Uh, but you can sign up. Usually you can sign up as a supporter anyway, so just you're just on the mailing list. Yes. And then you can get out and volunteer. So there's, there's what you'd call your capital P politics your party politics if you're a conservative join your local conservative association or whatever it is Um, but you can get involved in your local community as well and and do that kind of small P politics where you're just out there volunteering if you know I've got friends who work in the charity sector on policy you know so they influence government policy through lobbying and engaging and it's not through party politics so they've gone in through different routes so yeah if you've got that interest for instance if I didn't Join Labour, that's and maybe I'd have gone say. for Shelter, you know. And, yeah. and oh, well, I've got an interest in homelessness. Mm-hmm. I want to work for Shelter and and make a difference that way. And, and that's politics in its own way.
1: I think you just kind of answered my next question. I was oh, going apologies. to ask you, like, like what's like your future plans? What's your political future plan?
0: um well i've got to get re-elected next year so yes ah, <laughs> we've just come out just come out of elections now we've got my colleague elected we're very happy with the results across bradford yes. district um so in the imme- immediate future 2024 uh, coming up we've got, obviously got the rest of 2023 but um all those regeneration projects we're trying to get over the line so they're all mm-hmm. due roughly to open within a few weeks and months of each other next year uh, which will be a fantastic leading in springboard to 2025. So if yeah. we get them over the line, uh, various other things, trans- a project called Transforming Cities, where we're mm. pedestrianising a lot of the city centre as well, like Market Street. So mm. it'll change how the city centre looks and feels. So those in in the big ticket items, those are the, the immediate priorities. And then obviously keep serving Windle and Rose. One of the key things really is never forget you your ward you know that's your priority yeah, they're the people true, who elect true, true. you and you need to support and serve them so uh, we're very active in the ward as well so we'll keep that going as well
1: Aww, Thank you so much Alex for chatting with us. I was My last question for you and this is like an advice to all students in an ideal world what can we do to make this world a better place?
0: Wow that's a big it's a big last question <laughs> that isn't it so we'll spend an equal amount of time just on that one <laughs> I mean, I guess I kind of alluded to it in, in saying if you want to make a difference, it doesn't have to be choose a party, join that. And, and exactly. there's, there's an argument today with, I think, driven in part by social media and so much choice now, that yeah. people are less aligned to parties naturally than they used to be. You know, if you, if, if you worked in a pit, in the mines, you were in a sure, Labour party, sure, you know, sure. all that sort of thing. Sure. Um, and people pick and choose a bit more now, and it, it's less tribal, and and that means political parties have to respond to that. But sure. people have other ways of contributing and making a difference, and I think yeah. that's the key thing I would say is there's other ways of doing it, but politics shouldn't be a closed door to anyone either.
1: That's my. That's the big one. Yes. It should not be politics, not not a party. You can just, like, do what... I mean, just be Absolutely, a change. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was really nice talking to you. No, Thank you, too. you Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. I feel like everyone who watches this video will be super encouraged to <laughs> join the party. Uh, I've been chatting with Alex sure. I'm excited that you are in the studio today, and I'm sure lots of students are also excited. Thank you so much for watching also. Have a good rest of the day. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you.